Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future in Review podcast. I'm Barrett Anderson, the COO of Future in Review. And for those of you who've never heard of Future in Review before, we run the annual FIRE conference, which The Economist has called the best technology conference in the world. Now, in our free time, the other arm of our business, Strategic News Service, provides its subscribers with the most accurate source of information about the future of technology and the global economy. So if you enjoy these podcast updates, you can sign up for a free trial of the Strategic News Service Global Report using the link uh, in, in the description of this video. And um, today I am here with Evan Anderson, who is the CEO of Invent IP, our initiative focused on, on fighting nation-sponsored intellectual property theft. He's also an analyst for the Global Report. And we're gonna be talking today about his recent report on ASML a company that you may or may not have heard of, but serves a very important role in the global tech ecosystem. Um, so Evan, you wrote about specifically, very specifically about the chip industry, but ASML itself is not a chip maker. Can you explain why you focus on them in particular? Yeah, so I think really over the past couple of years, it's become a very hot topic in media um, to talk about TSMC, which is the Taiwanese chip maker that holds a huge percentage of the global market. I think it's around 60%. Um, and that's that's a big deal, right? So that, that, that is very valid. Um, it's, it's good to see TSMC kind of finding more broad um, distribution plans uh, in the future, right? They're moving a lot of production um, into the US. Uh, and that'll, I think that'll be a really important thing because no matter what you've created, you know, with TSMC, you've created an extreme bottleneck in just one spot. Um, even just supply chain woes from the pandemic have shown that, you know, those kinds of bottlenecks are pretty, pretty dangerous to the global economy and chips are really important to the global economy. And we're all kind of aware of that, I think, a bit more now. Um, we may not have been as much in the general public, but I think the pandemic supply chain problems have really brought right. home. The no idea. one could get a refrigerator and they were all mad about it. Yeah, so even though you had no idea what a chip was, suddenly had to know what it was. Yeah, there's a chip uh, in, in but, many things now. <laughs> so how does, you know you didn't write about TSMC. So yeah. why did, why ASML? So I think the real point here is if, if you're worried about where the chips are coming from and that's a bottleneck, then just wait, because it turns out that lithography, uh, which is essentially the, the science behind making, printing these chips um, is much more important and much more concentrated because you can't make any chips anywhere if you don't have a specific type of equipment set. And ASML is in fact, pretty much the only producer of these equipment sets, particularly when it comes to what's called EUV, which is extreme ultraviolet. Um, they own the entire market. And that's what makes chips that we want to be in our smartphones um, and, and you know smaller high tech stuff. So they use okay. a, a much more advanced method than what we use to make lots of other chips. And that uh, applies specifically to really high tech stuff. Um, so smartphones, like what else would fit in that category? Uh, there are some missile chips, I think, that are involved in that as well. Defense, uh, and, and smartphones. Certain, certain new server um, solutions also use EUV. So uh, essentially, ASML, by the way, also has something like a 60% market share across all of lithography. So these are the guys that are making the things that make your chips. And, you know, when they're selling these things, guess who their biggest customers are? It's going to be like TSMC, you know, all these other companies that are making chips. So there's a double bottleneck here. Yeah. And in fact, the second part of the bottleneck, which is in the, you know, the making of the equipment that makes chips is even more extreme. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. It's, it's pretty simple and I think pretty easy to understand intuitively, but 
this is really, really hard to do. So this is extremely high tech stuff. Um, ASML has built up this kind of accidental or probably on, on their part, purposeful monopoly over time. But the reason that it's a monopoly that, that we can't change anything about is that this is like extremely high tech, um, deep knowledge uh, right. production, right? And so, and it takes a long time. It's difficult to develop new products. Um, it takes a long time to produce the equipment that they do produce. Um, so it's kind of like the, the type of market that you would think of normally as being a little bit more like a government controlled market because it's right. such a long R&D Heavily R&D and yeah, heavy levels of R&D investment. Yeah, and so it's very, difficult cycles, for new yeah. it's very difficult for new competitors to enter that arena, right? It's not like tomorrow I can just come up with a new startup that can suddenly kind of catch up with, you know, 50 years of, and there is of course government R&D involved, right? These markets don't evolve all of a sudden. They, they evolve over a long period of time with certain R&D projects that came out of, you know, various US government agencies or European government agencies. And over time, evolution and a bunch of different things, including laser technology, et cetera, um, helps to create this. So this company, ASML, is much more of a single point of both success and failure potentially uh, in the entire market. And as we all know, the global economy is extremely dependent at this point on high tech chips, but also on, on general chips, which like I said, they also have a, about a 60% market share of all the lithography methods, including some older ones that, that other folks now use as well. But um, I think that no matter what, if you're looking at the global economy in the modern era and you see a single company that is building the equipment that will drive all the other products that you know are going to be high value products, that's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we chose to focus on ASML. So um, tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, you've mentioned, as we've talked about on this, on this podcast many times before, uh, China, generally speaking, doesn't really care who developed the IP. They will and have figured out a way to gain access to that intellectual property, import it into their country and resell it or repurpose it for their own use. Yeah. Uh, have they done that with, with ASML? Yeah, they've certainly tried. And I think nowhere have we seen, um, well, there's a few places, but few places have we seen more exciting headlines lately than what's going on in China with the chip industry. I think a lot of people that watch may actually, you know, have heard of this in kind of the daily news, but um, there's a, there's a bit of a story here, which is one, it's always harder. The Chinese government will go after anything, right? That they think will make them money and help them build missiles, et cetera. They're of course going to target that industry. Um, two, it's always harder to steal and then immediately reproduce or copycat anything that's extremely complex. So um, it's much easier to steal the design for a bicycle than it is for a lithography uh, machine that, that has taken 40 years to develop and requires experts to run and requires very specific details in the process that you can't screw up if you want it to work, right? So um, they have certainly targeted the industry. In fact, there is a now closed case, legal case um, with ASML and a Chinese national who was able to exfiltrate a bunch of data in kind of the way that they usually do. And for people who are more curious about this whole process and, and how this tends to work, um, you should sign up for SNS and read the report because I kind of delve into the details here. Um, but in general, let's just say it's not working very well. And there's kind of two options there. It's unclear because it's you know not publicly disclosed what was stolen in terms of IP. Um, but it is clear at this point that they do not at, at the main Chinese company that's state sponsored that would receive this kind of stuff. They do not appear to be able to do the EUV process and create high tech, you know, small chips with EUV. 
Um, it's been investigated. It looks like they are producing some of these chips, but it looks like what they're using is DUV and therefore they would have trouble scaling up production. It would be difficult for them to, to make, you know, any sort of um, line of chips at scale using old methods to just sort of hone in on a couple, you know, being able to make a couple little fancy chips. So um, there's a lot more to that. Again, it's, it's worth reading in the report to, to get into it. But um, the long story short is that that did not seem to work so far for them. Uh, and that I think is why is that it's, it's an extremely complex thing. You can get some of the IP, but not all of it. You might get the plans um, for one part of a machine. You may not have any idea what expertise you need in order to make the actual process of, of production work, right? Um, so that's not working for them yet. Uh, I'm sure they'll try again. I'm sure they'll keep trying because this is a really important market and they know it. Uh, but one of the things that will make it harder is that they use something called human intelligence quite often. And one of the most obvious ways in, in the economic world and the non-intelligence world to do this is just to either poach people that are already working for other companies and they've done this with right. TSMC right. or, or you know, hire them after they quit and try to get their knowledge that way. And that's not even illegal. That's just making really, really big offers. It's kind of an intractable issue for lots of tech companies, right? If you just come to someone who just quit TSMC, uh, ASML, whatever, and you offer them a really, really big pay package and a free house in China, then maybe you can get them. They've been doing that as well, but there's a new hiccup, right? So um, for folks who've seen it, uh, they'll know, but the, uh, the Biden administration has now um, put forth a whole new series of rules and regulations um, that are quite extreme, including uh, rules that effectively make people choose between their US citizenship and working for SMIC, which is the large mm. Chinese chip maker. Um, so th that's going to deeply complicate things. It's been yeah. watching how that's playing out, but so far there's been a mass exodus from um, Chinese chip industry by lots and lots of, of know-how, right? Lots of people who, who would be necessary for figuring this out. Um, and that I think will have deep implications moving forward for their ability to copycat anybody else's chips or, or lithography. Right. Well, so I wanna, I wanna stop here because I think you, we've talked about a lot of, of aspects of the market, China's competitiveness. Um, if you are interested in learning more about ASML's current market market value and why Evan and SNS thinks it is undervalued in the long term, if you're interested in learning more about how China is using IP theft to compete and the specifics of what when to expect if they if they could be competitive or not, um, we hope that you will uh, register for membership in the SNS Global Report. Um, you can do that at the link below this video um, and you can have the first month of your membership is free so you can uh, join there try us out for a month let us know what you think um, and in addition to that we have coming up november i believe it is the first thursday in november um, we'll have a, a member happy hour um, so if you join sns now you can come to that member happy hour, meet Evan, meet me in, in person, virtually, virtually in person. Um, but we hope that you will do so. So Evan, thank you so much for your time and Absolutely. for all of your continued research and work on these many overlapping subjects. Yeah. And I hope to see some new faces at our next happy hour. We have first Thursdays every month we have a happy hour. So uh, it's always very fun. There's a lot of smart folks in the room, some of whom you would probably know the names of. Uh, and we if you ever wanted to know global expertise from a, a bunch of really smart people yep. on a regular basis. It's a good so place do to join us. It's, it's a lot of fun, actually. 
All right. Thanks so much, Evan. Bye.